Yes, people, and welcome to episode 19 of the Trading Lever podcast. I'm your host, Steve Boxman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dave, from Boxing's First. Dave, how are you, mate? Yeah, um, good. Good to go. Uh, plenty to get stuck into this week. I think there's a, there's probably more news than there is actual fights, but you get them weeks. But there's plenty to get stuck into, so another good episode ahead in the second video episode, so it's always fun. Yeah, and as always, we'll start with the weekend's action. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it, Dave, the BT card. It wasn't brilliant, but I want to get started with the Ennis Brown and Maxwell fight. Now, we predicted last week that it was going to be a messy fight due to the style of Ennis Brown, and it definitely was a messy fight. But here we are sitting there talking about another bad decision, Dave. Maxwell didn't win that fight, did he? No, no, he didn't in at, at all. We, like you just mentioned there, we knew what type of fight it was. Anybody who'd seen Ennis Brown knew what type of fight it was. He, he's one of a kind. He, he's he's like trying to pin you know, water down. He's just impossible to get hold of. He's, his style isn't attractive, but that, that doesn't mean that he shouldn't win the fight just because it's not what fans want to see. If you've won the fight, regardless of how you've won that fight, whether you've done it in an attractive manner, whether you've done it through graft, whether you've done it in a, in a in a boring way, I suppose you could say. People don't like to see it, but it's a sport. He, he, he won the fight, and the outrage on Twitter afterwards, it just seems to be every week now. It's one after the other. It's just bad decision after bad decision. And I, uh, I read a tweet by Ennis Brown after it, and he was quite, well, to put it, he could have been a lot angrier, to be fair. He was quite calm, and he just said, look, I felt I got the decision, but it is what it is. So it took a lot of, sort of guts to, to come out with that statement because I'm sure inside he was fuming, and when he's watched back, I'm sure he's fuming. But it won't do Maxwell any favours either because people when they mention his name now, are going to link him to getting a dodgy decision to win the British and Commonwealth titles. And that's, I'm sure that's something that Maxwell won't want to be remembered for. So there's no winners there. Ennis Brown won the fight and he should have been, it should have been given the decision. Yeah, it wasn't attractive, but not all fights are going to be Gatty Ward style, type of fights. It's just his style. Yeah, you said it there, Dave. He's taken it pretty well considering, but like I said, he won the fight. Maxwell was outboxed. The, the jab wasn't there. He was just looking for that right hand or not, which he just couldn't seem to land. Maybe a few times he landed, but never really put him in trouble. But like you said, Ennis Brown, he's made that stinker. Let's not make two ways about it, Dave. He's made that a stinker, but we expected that. His style's awkward. We know what he's about, but you've got to feel for him. You've got to feel for him with yeah. the decision. Um, and it's going to be tough going for him for, from here on in. Uh, he deserves the rematch, in my opinion. But Dave, yeah. honestly, we don't want to see a rematch, do we? Yeah, he's stuck now, isn't he? Because he's no one's going to want to get in with him, are they? Because you can't prepare for him. Who do you get in for sparring to prepare for him? I'm sure Maxwell has seen more than enough of him, not just on the night, the full 12 rounds he went, but the whole lead up, there was up, there was into each other. There was a lot of needle. I'm sure he's just had more than enough of him, but he's just not an attractive fighter. And like I've just said, that doesn't mean he shouldn't get the decision, but at the same time, he's not going to pull the viewers in. I won't be you know, waking up at four o'clock in the morning if he was on an American card to watch him fight because he's just not something that I find enjoyable to watch. So no, he is in a very difficult place now because he hasn't got anything. He doesn't bring anything to the table. He's going to quickly be the forgotten man. No one's going to want to get in there with him. Yeah, a rematch is going to be a hard sell after that fight. Like we said, it wasn't a great fight to watch. It was a bit of a stinker, but 
Yeah, you got to feel for him. He did deserve yeah. the decision, but that's boxing, isn't it, Dave? And we sit here pretty much every week and we speak about a dodgy scorecard or a dodgy decision. It is what it is. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But at the end of the day, you just got to take it and you got to move on. Um, but at least there was no corruption on this part. I don't think it was a, a, a Michael Fox type robbery, no. but it was just one of those awful fights to watch. And like you said, despite the style, he deserves to win that at the end of the day. But Dave, I know you're going to be disappointed, um, but we're not going to speak about Jake Paul against Tyrone Woodley. I know how much you were looking forward to discussing <laughs> that fight, but <laughs> we are going to speak about someone who was on that card, Daniel Dubois. Um, First fight in the US, he got some good exposure out there. As expected, it's it's a first round knockout. But it was a it was a good decision to get him on that card, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, he needed that, didn't he? He needed for a couple of reasons. The the confidence boost really after he took that. It was sort of a he could have dwelled on that loss to Joyce because he was systematically outboxed. I know the, the the card suggested it was close, but I don't feel it was. I don't think Dubois was ever really in the fight and he got outboxed and he got stopped. So that could have really affected him mentally. And a fighter like Dubois, he needs mental strength the way he fights. He's a headhunter, isn't he? So he went over there, he got the exposure, and he delivered in front of a, a big, big, excited crowd. So that would have done his confidence no end of good. And all exposure is great exposure when you're winning. So I'm sure he'll come away from America with sort of a bit more fire in his pockets. He'll be ready to go now. like that he went over there and did that job. He liked the buzz from that crowd and he's he's onwards and upwards now. He's already mentioned who he's looking towards and, and you know, he, he's not going to let that Joe Joyce defeat hold him back by the looks of things. He's, he's still got them them dreams, them intentions and good for him. He, he went across there and maybe his purse wasn't as big as our friend over on Twitter made out, but I'm sure he did all right by it, but like you say, the exposure and the and, and the result was the main thing, and he and he got both. Yeah, that's it, Dave. And I I just think the the exposure was well needed. Um, like you said, they're, they're looking towards that Trevor Bryan fight for the WBA regular title, the famous WBA regular title. But if 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 he's going to take that fight with Don King, it's most likely going to be out in the US. So get some exposure out there now, and then look towards making that fight. And then there's a little bit of interest in that fight stateside. Um, they like a good heavyweight who can knock guys out. And I know he's had that loss to Joe Joyce, like we said, but it, it's going to be an exciting prospect for US fans seeing him out there. Beating that type of opponent's not going to do much good other than that exposure, to be honest, Dave. But he's not ready for Anthony Joshua. He's, of course, we, we've seen him with Joe Joyce. He's, he's not ready for that rematch yet. So why not go after Trevor Bryan, a type of fight like that? Get yourself a secondary title. You put yourself on the map in, in, in front of the American crowd and see where you go from there. And then you can look towards rebuilding towards those Joe Joyce rematches and maybe challenging for full titles a little bit later down the line. But yeah, for me, great exposure for him. And yeah, it wasn't the level of opponent we want to see him with, but he got the job done in style, and that's going to earn him a few fans stateside. Uh, Dave, uh, big news today. Uh, the Zone UK have announced their new subscription fee. Now, we knew it was going up. We didn't know by how much. Um, of course, it's been very cheap. Um, we've been very lucky to get it for that price for the last few months. We've had some good fights on there, um, if we're being honest. So we can't really complain, but we didn't know what the price was going to be. It is $7.99. Is that reasonable for you, Dave? I think... When I first saw the news, I thought it was quite reasonable. And then 
you look onto Twitter and you've got the doom, the doom bringers, don't you? And you've got those that'll argue against them. And we have had it good. We have had it good for 199. You know, not every card's been brilliant, but we've had some good fights on there. We've had some competitive fights. We've had fights on there that potentially would have been pay per view if it would have still been on Sky. So we have had a great deal so far, but. When with Sky now teaming up with Wasserman, and it just seems like we've got to keep adding more and more subscriptions to be a boxing fan. So you've got BT, you've got Sky Sports, and we know that them two are quite open to the pay-per-view market as well. Maybe BT are starting to slim down on it a bit now. It doesn't seem like their future with is in the sports industry by by the looks of things. But then you've got the zone, you've got Box Nation. Then if you want the overseas cards, you might look at Fight TV. So it's it is expensive. So that's not DAZN's fault. DAZN are doing what DAZN want to do and they're bringing us good fights. But as a, as a whole package, it's just another subscription which some people will be put off by. But I don't think that DAZN are the worst broadcaster out there. They are. I think it's a great product. You can go on, you can watch the fights back and sometimes life gets in the way and you might pay for DAZN, but you, don't, you can't watch it on the night for whatever reason. But you can always go back the next day, straight on the app, choose which fight you want to watch, bin which fight you don't want to watch, you can skip forward. I think it's a great product. And as long as Eddie's good to his word, which people will call me a fool maybe for thinking a, a promoter's good to his word, but if he is going to bring the type of fights like the Fowler Smiths and cards like that going forward, I'll pay for it. I'd sooner drop a Sky subscription, I think, at this point. Obviously, we've not seen the full details of what Sky are going to do coming forward. There's bits creeping out now with Eubank Jr. is meant to be headlining the card and they're talking about potentially uh, a dedicated boxing channel. So th there might be something exciting going on there. But I think the zone, as it is, as long as we get the amount of cards that they're promising, they're not going to bring pay-per-view like they promised, but we don't know if that's going to be forever. But as it stands, I think $7.99, it's not a bad deal for me. Yeah, I think, like you said, Dave, I think the annoyance comes from the fact that there's just so much to pay for in boxing now. We've got pay-per-views, we've got different subscriptions and so on. And that's where it becomes frustrating. But I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, we spoke about it a little while back on here. I thought it was going to be about $9.99. So I think $7.99 is reasonable. But if I'm going to be paying $7.99, and I will be paying it, I, I will keep my subscription. But if I'm going to be paying that, Dave, I want to see some international cars. I want to see yeah. more coming from Match from USA because at the moment we're not getting that and that's a disappointment. Um, and I'm sure it's even more disappointing for the US fans out there because I don't know what cards they're getting out there at the moment, but they're not getting much for their money um, on the zone. Obviously, Golden Boy at the moment are flying the flag for them out there, but they're apparently not going to be with the zone for much longer. Yeah. So if, if Golden Boy are to leave the zone, we need to get a little bit more value for money out of Matrim USA. I believe the last card on Matrim USA was Haney against Linares back in May now. And they've had a few cancelled fight dates and so on, but not much is going on on that front. Um, and we're going to need to see some better move on there because the US takeover isn't really happening, is it, Dave? No, it's, it's definitely a hit a, a hit a stop. It's just going nowhere. I didn't realise how bad it was because we see it from over here and we see what we're getting for zone, and we've had Canelos and stuff like that. We've had big fights on zone. But then I was speaking to somebody on Twitter, I think it was MVL, and they were saying that they're just outright disgusted with what they was promised compared to what they're getting is, is, is worlds apart. And even when they've tried to get in touch, I don't know how they've tried to get in touch, whether it's been via social media, phone call, email, I don't know. They've tried to get in touch with 
the zone to see exactly what they're going to be getting going forward. And they haven't received much backing feedback. So that's not a great sign. They had that deal where I think it was, was it $15 or $12 a month or something or $100 for the year? So if you signed up for the year and, and you're not getting anything back, if you're just paying a monthly subscription, which you can drop at any time, it's not too bad. You can foresee the schedule. You can see what's coming up. And you can jump in and drop off as and when you please. But if you've paid for that year up front and you're not getting anything back, then then I'd be, yeah, I'd be upset. I don't know if they get other sports on the zone. I don't know how it works over there. But if they're not literally getting nothing for the money, then you, rightfully so, you'd be very, very frustrated. Particularly if you're just a boxing fan, even if you yeah. are getting other sports and you're not really interested in them, what are you paying your money for? You want a little bit more at the end of the day. And like I said, I know they've had the Golden Boy cards, but... Matrim USA have got to do better. I've just said that the last one was Haney against Linares. And there's been a lot of talk about other fight cards going on out there, but it just not happened. And, and we know we've, we, we're expecting Chocolatito uh, via Strada 3 to come up soon. We're expecting that October, November, but that one keeps dragging on. And we want to hear a fight date for that one at the end of the day, Dave. And it just makes it more of a disappointment that they haven't been able to get the likes of Golovkin against Andrade and so on in-house fights like that. Now, I know Golovkin's in control of his career and the zone don't really have a say in that, but you would have you would have hoped they could draw a fight like that in to keep it going. But yeah, Matchroom USA have definitely got to do better. And if I'm paying $7.99 a month, I want some Matchroom USA cards yeah. on there. Um, and if I'm not getting that, the game has definitely not been changed, Dave, <laughs> that's for sure. But I'm willing to give it a try. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be doing their best to get some decent cards out there. And I'm hopeful we can get it. It, it obviously hasn't helped um, with Canelo not fighting on the zone. And obviously yeah. he's going to be fighting on Fox in his next fight. That could lead to, to further fights being on Fox against PBC fighters. Who knows? Um, of course, we've got Devin Haney, who's made himself a network free agent. He's looking for the big fights. And if that's what he needs to do to chase them, good luck to him. And he, he doesn't seem to be able to get an opponent at the moment. So... Yeah, they've got to do better, though, Dave. We definitely know that. But in, in better news, Dave, um, some good news. The WBA, uh, they've made the decision to cut the amount of titles they've got, which is something that was definitely needed. The amount of titles we know, Dave, absolutely ridiculous. So no more interim champions. And it looks like they're going to be ordering some some good fights. And hopefully they come into play. But um, this is good news, isn't it, isn't it, Dave? And it's something that needed to happen. Yeah, it, definitely great news. And sort of you, you you congratulate him in one breath but it's a bit devastating for for the maestro it took maestro fox and the absolute uproar on the back of that for them to make this decision so it feels like they're not doing it for the good of the sport they're doing it because they've milked it dry and they're at the point now where they just you know good media establishments yeah, the yeah. ring magazine it's almost like they've been pushed into it dave it's like in some ways i it's horrible for michael fox but yeah it's like they've been pushed into it. They're making decisions with judges now. They're cutting titles and so on. At the end of the day, listen, we want to see it, but it shouldn't, like you said, it shouldn't come at the cost of, of fighters like Michael Fox, who, who had a great opportunity there. And, yeah, it, it's horrible to see. But hopefully yeah. that's a lesson for them and, and other organisations as well, Dave. But would would they have been so quick to do it if, if these media establishments, these well or traditional magazines like Boxing News during Magazine and, and others started saying we're gonna we're gonna stop recognizing the WBA as a as a legitimate leading governing body because of the way they behave. It, it, they haven't done it out of the goodness of the sport. They haven't done it for the likes of me and you. 
they've done it because they just can't afford to do it anymore because if they they lose face then they'll be gone and it's a, it'll be a long road back so it's sort of they've milked it right to the last minute poor fox has, has took a defeat and all they've offered him is is a rematch when it should be overturned he should be a winner he has ridiculous it is ridiculous it's you know I can't. He said apparently he has said now he's not willing to take that fight, and I can't blame him. Don't blame him. Nah, no, you can't blame him. him. Yeah, yeah, and, and and maybe other fighters need. Ultimately, without the fighters, these governing bodies are nobody. So as long as the fighters do hold the power, but it's going to take a massive power shift. It's going to take a lot of fighters to step away from a governing body to make it useless. But this has proven maybe that with fans, with fighters, with media big media, traditional media, well-respected media outlets. We do have some power, and hopefully others are taking note because the WBC could soon have the most champions, and and they'll be the next on the hit list. So, yeah, it is a good move. It's in the right direction, and and they do get a pat on the back, but they've got a long way to go for me. Yeah, we're not going to be giving them too much praise, Dave, because we've been giving them a lot of stick on here recently, and I'm sure we're going to continue to do so. They'll do a couple of things like this, a few good things, and then we'll be shouting at them at something else uh, in the in the very near future, I'm sure. So won't get carried away with them. I'm not going to praise them too much, but this is something that definitely needed to happen. Yeah. Um, but also another good thing they have done. They've 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 well, to be honest, I say it's a good thing, but I think they should have stripped him, Leo Santa Cruz. They've said now he has to defend his title in his next fight. Um, yeah, it should have been, that should have happened a while back and it should be the case now. No, you're stripped now. It's been far too long. You've not defended that title. We're taking it and we're giving it to whoever. I would prefer they make someone fight for it, but we know what the procedure is. They they will promote Leewood to super champion. Yeah. That's how it goes. But yeah, um, they've, at least they've gone to that and they said, right, Santa Cruz now has to defend against the winner of, I think, Leewood and um, Zhu Kan in the rematch. Yeah. So it is something that needed to happen. Um, whether he's going to, come back and defend that we don't know is, is he going to want to stay up at 130 um, especially now that uh, Tank Davis we know has vacated that title which we're going to come on to in a moment but yeah it's something that needed to happen um, and like I said about Tank Davis he's he's sort of his hand has sort of been forced I don't believe personally I don't think he was going to go back down to 130 anyway uh, but of course he holds three versions of the WBA title he held the super title at 130 um, and secondary titles at 135 and 140 um, we apparently we are led to believe that the WBS said to him, look, you're going to have to give up one of these titles. Or you're going to have to give up two of them, choose a division. Um, he probably had no intentions of going back down to 130 after going up to 140 anyway. So he's vacated that title. That's good of him to do that now rather than let it drag on like Leo Santa Cruz has and so on. So that title is available. Um, and of course, he has those secondary belts at 135 and, and 140. Uh, we're led to believe he has to give up one of those as well, which is nothing too bad at the end of the day. But what do you think about Tank Davis? Do you think he's going to continue to float between 135 and 140? Or do you think he will settle in the division now? I think his problem is he's he's a good fighter, don't get me wrong. He's proven he's a good fighter. But he hasn't fought at the level of Tiafimo Lopez. He hasn't fought at the level of Josh Taylor. So... If his decision is between 135 and 140 and he has to nail himself to a, to a division, it won't be long until he's facing them fighters. And I think he knows himself that he's he's just not good enough yet. He's young, he's hungry, and and he's proven that he's, he's there or thereabouts. But 
I don't think he can compete with the very, very top. So that's why he sort of drifted around the divisions and picked fighters that are maybe a bit tailor-made for his style. And, and he's looked good doing it. And he's he's had the chance to call himself a freeweight world champion, which everybody in the within boxing knows isn't strictly true. But outside of boxing, where his target audience is, they'll think he's a freeweight world champion. And he's done it very cleverly. He's done it marketed well. He's you know, he's good business mind. He's he's probably made more money than the undisputed champion at 140, despite not having the same fights that he's had. So he's he's very clever the way he's gone about it. But I think with this WBA shrinking down, where he can go to find a world title, he his options are slowly going to be. He has to fight a genuine world champion. I don't think he's ready for that, and I think he should be a bit worried about where he goes next because the, the, the net's closing in, if you will, and he's going to have to fight one of them soon. Dave, I, I'm, I'm going to go against you there. I, I think he's ready for it, but I don't think he's being pushed into it. I think they're carefully managing him. I'm not, I'm not going to um, dispute that. I think he is being carefully managed, but I think he's ready for those fights. It's just whether or when they're going to actually push him into those fights. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, he's got some good wind, uh, wins under his belt. That Barrios win, we've got to give him credit for that. He's moved up to 140. Now, don't get me wrong. Mario Barrios isn't the best 140 fighter out there. He's not in the top five for me. Um, and I expected Tank to win. And we sat here and we predicted him to, to stop Barrios. And that's what he did. Uh, in but, that, Steve, in that Barrios fight, he was behind, was he not, on the cards by the time of the stoppage? I'm not saying that. It means nothing until it, until you go the distance. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't you know, he didn't act class, Barrios, I don't think. And Barrios... He isn't the best fighter at 140. I don't think he looks spectacular. He scored a stunning knockout, don't get me wrong. And we expect that from Tank. But I think as he gets to the... He's not going to knock Josh Taylor out, is he? He's not going to knock Teofimo Lopez out. Uh, you know, he, Maybe he will, but I don't believe he will. So I don't think he's got the boxing ability to go 12 rounds and take the decision against the top of the, the top guys. Of course, he's he's got good power and, and he might surprise me and knock one of them to out. But I don't think he was outclassing Leo Santa Cruz. I don't think he was he was bossing. Obviously, he won, and 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 the scorecards only count if you if you get to the end. They mean nothing. But as a technical boxer, I don't rate him up there with them guys. I think he's got more to show, Dave. I, I do think technically, I think he I think he is a good fighter technically as well. He's not just about power, but yeah, uh, admittedly, Dave against Barrios, he, he wasn't he wasn't winning that fight comfortably in the early stages. He wasn't dominating that fight. He wasn't outboxing him and so on. But I give him the benefit of the doubt there. He was fighting a much bigger man. It's adjusting yeah. to the size, adjusting to the weight. So I can let that one go. And uh, of course, with his power. He's always going to be a threat in a fight regardless. Yeah. But I do think uh, you've been a little bit harsh on the, on his skill set there. But, yeah, I could see where you would get that from from those two fights. They were good examples. I think with Leo Santa Cruz, it's a good name to have on his record. Yeah. But I think he knew he was going to knock him out. I think he knew he was... Leo Santa Cruz is not a 130 fighter. I think he knew he was going to go in there and knock him out. But it was a fun fight to watch. The Barrios fight was a fun fight to yeah. watch. It was an exciting fighter to watch. And, listen... You know he's a ticket seller. I love to watch his fight. I would love to be at a Tank Davis fight night in America um, because I know that would be absolutely wild. But, yeah, I get where you're coming from, Dave, but I do think he's a lot better technically than what we've seen in those two fights in particular. And I think we will see that more when he fights a fighter who they might believe or he might believe is a real threat to him. When he comes up against a, a Teofimo Lopez, for example, or a Devin Haney, someone who could 
who could go in there and outbox him if he's if he, if he doesn't turn up and um, and on his best day. I think that's when we're going to see the real Tank Davis stand out. We're not just going to see a guy going in there to knock guys out. We're going to see a talent. We're going to see a technical boxer as well as someone who carries devastating power. Um, and again, there were questions about his power carrying uh, to 135 when he fought Gamboa. And of course, there were times in that where it looked like maybe it wasn't carrying. But of course, then he got the late stoppage. We talk about the injury for Gamboa yeah. and so on. But... Yeah, he, he put Barrios away very nicely. And again, like I said, Barrios is not the best 145 fighter, but I do give him credit for that win. He was the much smaller man, and he's got in there, and he's got the win. Um, it wasn't the prettiest fight. It was an exciting fight, um, and, and he continued what, what he's good at. is he, putting on a show for the fans and so on. But yeah, Dave, I, I want to see him. I do want to see him settling in the division. I do really want to see him settling in the division, but I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to continue to float between 135 and 140, depending on who the opponents are. There's been talk of uh, 147 with Keith Furman as well. I, I don't really want to see him going up to 147 right now. Now, if he was going to go up to 147 at some point, do it. But let's get the job done at £135. Let's get the job done at £140 first. Don't just go chasing money looking for fighters like Keith Furman. He's probably not at his best. Um, and yes, you'll get you'll get credit for beating the bigger man, um, but then you will lose credibility for, for, for going after fighters who are inactive and not at their best anymore. So you're always going to get both sides of the coin there. So I want to see him settle in the division. There, there's lots of guys for him to fight at 135 and 140. We know that. And there's guys like Shakur Stevenson that might be coming up from 130 again soon. There's lots of names there for him to fight. And you've mentioned a couple there with Josh Taylor and, and Teofimo Lopez. And his fans would favour him to knock out both. His fans would definitely favour him to knock out both. Most others would favour Teofimo Lopez to beat him, probably uh, in a decision. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of fans would would think Taylor would beat him, maybe stopping him and so on due to his size and so. On. But who knows, David? Yeah. Their fights, I would love to see. Their fights, I would love to see. And we, we've heard rumours that the WBA might be looking to to order one of those fights. Uh, so if they was going to order Teofimo Lopez against Tank Davis or Josh Taylor against Tank, da uh, Tank Davis, regardless of who you think is going to win that fight. They're bloody good fights, ain't they, Dave? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's what I want to see from him. It's, I'm not... Well, I, saw, I, I am having a dig, but I want to see him move on. We know what he's capable of, but just pick a division and, sh and boss a division first. It's all right going the business route, but that'll only last for so long. He's, he's got to face somebody sometime, and I think the longer he's hanging around sort of sub-world level sub-world championship level. It's more to his detriment. He needs to get in there now and get that experience. And even if it's not the very best in the division, he certainly can fight better at 135 and 140 than he has today. I just wonder if he's he's got one eye on who's going to relinquish the belts first, Teofimo or Josh Taylor. And then obviously with the circus, he's out there and everybody's going to want to want a piece of the straps, aren't they? So maybe he's just trying to work out which division is going to have the most movement because they're both great divisions to, to fight in, but ultimately there's one man in each division that bosses it and, and, and he has to fight him. Whereas if and belts go up for grabs, he could get a world title. I'm not saying he's ducking anybody. He, he, he's a fighter. He's a boxer. I don't believe there's many boxers out there that are hiding from anybody, but he's very business orientated. So I'm sure he'd sooner fight for a world title against not a Teofimo or not a Josh Taylor, somebody who's maybe not at that standard and, and, and get that world title first and then go on to fight 
Tiafimo and Josh than he would to try and take them as they are currently undisputed champions. I just think it's a big ask, but I'm I'm more than open to being surprised by him. I, I, I don't doubt his power. Uh, technique maybe was the wrong word to use because we've seen him set Leo Santa Cruz up beautifully for that. Now, that was an unbelievable knockout, and he set it up. It wasn't fluke. He didn't just throw a shot with his eyes shut. He set it up, and we've seen him against Barrios. He's seen what he was looking for, and, and it came Trump. So he, he has got the technical skill. I just want to see him do it against somebody in their weight division who's a world-class operator, and then he's proven himself. Ultimately, nobody can argue with him then. But as it stands, we've just, we've just got a few question marks above his head for me. Yeah, there's no question that they're, they're, building, they're building his profile, Dave. They're, they're trying to build a star. They want to create a bit of history, and if they can go about it by not fighting the likes of Josh Taylor and Tiafimo Lopez, I'm sure that's what they're going to do for the time being. As, as we know, he's going to make money regardless. Um, he, he's got that name out there. Um, and he's going to bring the fans in. He's going to get those pay-per-view buyers. So we'll see. We'll have to see where he goes from here, Dave. I'm, I'm sure very soon we're going to start seeing him pushed into those fights. And again, it will be great to see if one of those fights was ordered um, and then they'll be pushed into it that way. But yeah, I, I think he's ready for those fights. It's just whether um, Mayweather and Ellaby want to push him into those fights just yet. And I'm looking forward to when that time comes because it's going to be bloody exciting. Let me tell you that, Dave. And he, he is he is a very exciting fighter to watch. So uh, let's watch this space on that one. But on to this, week, uh, this weekend's boxing. Dave, Josh Warrington, his rematch against Maurizio Lara. Um, of course, it didn't end um, how we expected last time out. Some are calling him brave. Some are calling him stupid, but Dave, it's all on the line for Warrington this weekend, isn't it? It is on the line, and I think he's he had to do this for him, really. I don't think he could have chosen another fight, and he has to get over this defeat because it was such a shock. We went from possibly fighting Jukan to fighting a Mexican who wasn't supposed to cause him too much trouble. Now, I don't think there's many in the boxing world going forward that will put the same them words in the same sentence, Mexican, and not causing trouble, because we've learned this year more than most that they <laughs> will cause trouble. So I, I think he wants to eradicate, you know, sort of like Joshua against Ruiz. Obviously, Joshua wants his belts back as well, but there'll be a part of him that he wouldn't be able to further his career and feel 100% where he thinks he is without avenging that defeat. And he, he is brave as he's brave. Maybe it's foolish. Only time will tell whether it was a stupid decision, but it's his decision, and ultimately he knows what he wants and he knows why he wants it. But I think this is a big, big ask. Yeah, for me, David, it's going to be one of those. If he wins it, we're going to say that was such a brave decision. Well done. You made the right decision, of course, and he's gone back in there and he's he's got himself back to where he wants to be. But if he loses it, Dave, that that could be it. And then everyone, then it is going to be that was stupid. You could have gone back at a few other fights, then maybe gone for that one a little bit further down the line. But listen, like you said, it, it's going to be a tough, tough ask. Now, we know Lara has power. He's felt that power. And he's going to be wary of that day. So what do you think he has to do differently in this fight? He has to do something that he's never had to do before. We know what Josh Warrington is about. He's a front foot fighter. He's exciting. He's aggressive. He goes head hunting. He'll push you. He doesn't like taking a backward step. And that's what's got him the popularity he has. He's similar to Hatton. If Hatton fought like Rigondeaux, he wouldn't have had the fan base that he did. He, he had the fan base because he was exciting to watch. And, and us Brits more than most 
like somebody willing to go out there, put it all on the line and, and to heck with everything else, I'm just coming to fight. And, and they're, they're the fighters that get the fans. And that's what Warrington's done for 31 fights. But you can't afford to do that against this guy. This guy, is, he's stronger than him. He's physically stronger. He hits harder. He's, he's seemingly got a chin of steel. He's relentless. He's not going to back down. And not only that, this time, he's going to be full of confidence as well. So he's got that factor, whereas Warrington might be doubting himself at times. Lara's not going to be doubting himself because he's going to be telling himself, I've done this before. I, I, you know, it wasn't a problem last time. I didn't score a fluke knockout. I battered this lad, and I don't see what he can do different. I'm going to batter him again. So everything, just so much pressure on Warrington, and he's going to have to box. But I just don't know if he can do it because he's never had to do it before. When we fought Frampton, when he fought Selby, when he fought Galahad, he fought them all the same way. He doesn't give you a second's rest. He can't do this against Lara. He has to move. He has to box. And I don't know if it, at this stage in his career, I don't know if he's capable of making it such a big transition going from boxer puncher or borderline brawler to a, to a pure boxer. I, I just can't see how he can make such a such a massive change in, in what, four or five months? It's not been that long. It's a big, big ass for me. Yeah, I think, Dave, this is where we're going to see how good he really is. We're going to see if he really does have that versatility. Of course, like you said, Dave, we've only seen him one way of boxing yeah. before. We've seen how he fights. We know exactly how he fights. But we've seen after the first fight, he can't fight like that again against Lara. If he goes in there and he tries to go at Lara like he did last time, it's going to end the same way. He's getting knocked out again. And that could be that for Warrington. So he's got to be extremely careful. And listen, maybe, maybe he hasn't fought that way because he's not needed to before against certain fighters. But let's see, Dave. He's going to have to box and move, like you said. He's going to have to get in and out there quickly. He can't allow himself to get overpowered and get caught like he did last time. And it's a very, very dangerous fight. And I think one thing that's going to be a big danger for him, Dave, is the home crowd. Now, we're looking at the home crowd as somebody that's something that's going to spur him on. And, and of course, it should. Last time, he never had that home crowd. He's going to have the people behind him. But why that could be a danger is because that could get him so overhyped that he could yeah. go back to that style of fighting where he's going to think, let me go in. Let me try and take this guy out. You're not going to do that, Josh. So don't. he's going to need to be very, very careful not to let that crowd get him into that type of fight because that's the fight they're going to want to see, Dave. Even though they think their man's probably going to get hurt that way, that's the fight they want to see. They want to see Josh Warrington as Josh Warrington. Yeah. So it, it is a tricky one because of that, Dave, and he's going to need to be very, very careful with that. But listen, it, it's no easy task, um, and nobody's underestimated Lara this time, and I'm sure Warrington's not. We all sat there and thought this is going to be uh, a one-way fight last time. Everyone was calling it a mismatch. And yes, it was a mismatch in the end, but not the way people <laughs> said it was going to be a mismatch. But listen, I, I can't wait for this fight. It, it, it's so unpredictable. It is now unpredictable. That brings the excitement for me. And and this is going to be a really good watch. Regardless of how the fight ends, I think this is going to be a really good fight. Just to answer quite a lot of questions here, Dave. But listen... it. it for the winner, there's going to be options. There's lots of options. Matchroom have quite a few options in that division for, for the winner. And I think for Lara, I think even if he loses, we can see him again. He's going to be a good opponent for other Matchroom fighters around that division, um, even if he loses. But Josh Warrington, I've touched upon it a little bit already. If he loses this, is that the end for him, Dave? Can he come back from another crushing defeat? 
it was a bad defeat the first time, wasn't it? He got absolutely battered to the point where people were questioning why the referee didn't intervene earlier, rounds earlier, not just moments should earlier. Have. Yeah, 100% should have, no two words about it. And it wasn't just a few punches earlier. It was it was rounds earlier. He got a beat up, systematically battered for the duration. And it, it, it got to the point where it wasn't even a fight anymore. You were just watching Josh Warrington getting battered. And the only reason it went as far as it did was because he was a home fighter. And, and obviously, we know home fighters, they get more than the first year of an opportunity to try and turn it around. But it, it was clear for anybody watching that fight, there was no turnaround in that fight. So if he goes out and Lara's only going to fight the same way again, he's going to come with the big hands, he's going to come with a first first and looking headhunting for Warrington. If Lara wins, you can only imagine it's going to be in similar fashion. So if he if Warrington takes two devastating, physically devastating, mentally destructive defeats like that back-to-back, I don't know where he goes. I don't know where he goes because I think, can you think of another fighter who's been through from world level to them two, two really bad defeats back-to-back like that and gone on and, and turned it around and come again? It, I can't think of many, any off the top of my head, if I'm honest with you. It, it truly be a special fighter who could do that because it, it just takes so much out of you. And he's, he's no spring chicken, Warrington, either. I know he wants his big day in America and he wants to take his fans over there and, and, and relive the Hatton days and all that stuff. But ultimately, if he takes another hiding like that, I think the dream's done and, and he'll just have to be happy with headlining Headingly in, in 2021 because it's the end of the road for me. It really is. Yeah, I think he's realistic about, it, uh, realistic about it as well, Dave. I think he's going to know it's going to be extremely difficult to come back from that. And, and of course, that's the risk he's willing to take to get himself back into a, a strong position in his career, a strong position in that division. But yeah, another crushing defeat like that. And realistically, it is going to be the end for him. And I'm sure Eddie Hearn will drop him like uh, yeah. drop him very quickly if he loses again as well. So yeah, it would be tough going coming back and yeah, I, I couldn't see a way back from him with another crushing defeat. And it, it, as sad as it is to say, because it, it just shows how quick a career can go from up there to just, boom, just down there. Boxing, it, it's a rough game. It's a rough world, isn't it? So good luck to him on the weekend. But, yeah, it is, it is a tough fight. It is a real tough fight for him. But also on the card, Dave, um, Connor Ben, the rearranged fight against Adrian Granados. Of course, it was a few weeks back when we did a preview on this. So I don't want to go on too much about this because we did a pretty much a, a, a strong section of an episode um, previewing this fight and of course it, it, it got postponed so I don't want to repeat things uh, the regular listeners would have would have heard us ranting on about it and so on anyway but listen I'm looking forward to it I'm a Conor Ben fan I've said that on here before he's exciting to watch he's come on leaps and bounds he's fighting a good tough guy it should be a good watch, that's for sure. Uh, do you think, though, Dave, do you think the postponement and having COVID, do you think that's going to play a part in this fight? We've seen fighters come back from COVID. I know people personally who have had COVID, and, and it sort of, it, even though they might physically feel better, and they're not 100%, and we've seen it possibly with Dillian White and Povetkin when he came back from COVID, he just looked like a shell. Was that because Povetkin knew he was at the end anyway and he just wasn't 100% committed to boxing anymore? Maybe he just had enough, I don't know. But he certainly did look like the same fighter from the first fight. But I think the only positive to take from this is they're going from Eddie's Garden in front of, what, four or 500 people to Headingley. 
So they're going to have a big crowd this time. So there's going to be a buzz about this fight. And it's the type of fight that will sit well with a big audience. I think Benny's exciting. Granada sees no mug. He's going to come and have a go. He'll be devastated that the, the fight got knocked back. So he'll be fighting with maybe bad intentions and wanting to get that frustration out. And we know that Ben, he, he talks well, he sells well, and he fights well. So it's going to be great in front of that Headingley crowd, much better than it would have been in front of the Garden crowd, which... They said he sold so many hundred tickets, it just looked like a handful of people just dotted about here and there for me. There wasn't really any atmosphere there. And I think a fight of this magnitude, although not obviously a world-level fight, but still a good fight on paper and still a good fight for the spectators, I think it'll be a much better fight in front of a few thousand people. Yeah, certainly. And listen, and credit to Ben, because he was straight back in there training. Yeah. He weren't having no time out. He was working his ass off, as he's been doing for the last few years, to be honest. And I don't expect anything less from him. And, that, and that's why I like him, Dave. Not only was I a fan of his dad, so I'm going to support him anyway, but I love his attitude. I know some people don't like his attitude. They don't like his confidence and the way he speaks. But I think that's part of him. And I think he's yeah. got to stick with that and be confident within yourself. And he, he deserves the right to do that, Dave, because he's been written off uh, as just a... Uh, a fighter with with a famous dad who, who's been given extra opportunities. Yeah, maybe he was early on in his career, but I think he's earning that now. And and he's putting in the work, and we, we can't knock him for that. And he's earning the right to be on these cards. And he's a, he's a headliner now, Dave. We know that. He's not going to headline this card, of course, but he's a headliner now, Dave. And, and his own UK are going to push that boy. And people having a dig on him, uh, I've seen uh, on Twitter in the last few days, lots of people having digs on who he's going to fight next and Maybe Eddie Hearn's trying to avoid certain opponents and not wanting to get in with the likes of Avanesian and so on. But listen, like we just spoke with Tank Davis, they're building this kid's profile. They're going to make him a star and he's going to be a big star for the Zone UK. And he might be carefully managed for a little bit. But listen, I, I don't know how far he can go. Can he win world titles at world weight? It's a tough division. But listen, he's going to be fun to watch and he's, he's going he's gonna to give it a right good go, that typical British... British yeah. saying, Dave, but he's going to be fun to watch whilst doing it. And listen, I would love to see him go on and win a world title. I really would. Like I said, I love his attitude. And I'm I'm really looking forward to this fight. And listen, I hope he wins um, with a great performance. And then onwards and upwards. Let's see, let's see where he's going to go from there. But also on the card, Dave, uh, we've got Katie Taylor. We've got Hopi Price, uh, Ebony Bridges, um, Straf uh, Strafron, who, who, who stopped James Tennyson. Yeah. Uh, in devastating fashion early on. What do you make of this card, Dave? What, what's your overall thoughts on this card? I think the upper portions of the card are good. I like the stuff on Maxi Hughes fight. Maxi Hughes in good form himself. Since he lost to Walsh, he's come back. He beat John O'Carroll. He's he's in a, a good form, but then Strafon came and, and just absolutely ruined Tennyson's night. The first round knockout and another Mexican coming over, just, just wrecking dreams. So that's got the potential to be a good fight. Like you said, the Ben Granadas is a good fight. Uh, Warrington Lara is obviously just an amazing fight. It's just not just a fight itself, like you mentioned before. The questions around the fight are all going to be answered on fight night. Then, as it drops down the card, I just get less and less interested. I'm, I'm not going to hide the fact I'm not massive on women's boxing. I just don't think the depth in talent there is there to make it competitive week in, week out. And we see so many pushovers, and it's just not. I'll watch it if it's on a card, a male card with female fighters on it i'll watch it i wouldn't go out my way to watch a female only card i wouldn't it's just not for me it's not anything against the women i just think the sport isn't old enough and and there's enough talent there to make it 
as as fun as as the male version of the sport. I just don't think there is, and that's nothing against the women that are, that are competing. That's just the way it is. There's just not enough women there, and there's just this just seems to be massive leaps in talent from world level to to the step below is just a huge huge golfing class. I just don't get really that much enjoyment from it. Hopey Price, he's keeping busy. It's always good to see. He's fighting a 16 and one fighter, but if you look through uh, Hussein's record, there's really no one there to suggest that his record is worth boasting about. I don't see Hoppy Price having much trouble. And Ebony Bridges just seems to be everywhere at the minute. Obviously, she's keeping busy as well because she was only out last month, so she stayed over in the UK, I think. So she's desperate to get back out, and she's she's marketing herself well. And she's fighting Gangloff, who Ellie Scottney beat last time. And Ellie Scottney beat Beck Colony, Connolly, the, the fight before. So they're out fighting the two same fighters back to back. So I'm just wondering if they're trying to make that fight further down the line, which that would be a decent fight. That might be a fight that I'd watch. But generally, outside of sort of Tasha Jonas, Katie Taylor, uh, maybe Ebony Bridges, just because she's everywhere at the minute. There's not many women fighters that I could name off the top of my head, to be honest with you. And that's not a disrespect to me. It's just not my thing. It's just not. Yeah, Dave, on, on women's boxing, like you said, look, it's not for everyone at the minute. But I, I've got to give credit to Eddie Hearn because he's trying to give it a push. Um, yeah. it's, still, it's, a, it's still on its way up. And let's be honest, women in the past, they've, they've not had... They've not had the kind of exposure that 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 could bring the audience for them. And we can talk about all women's card. Maybe it wouldn't sell and so on. But the more exposure they get, the better numbers it's going to pull in. And yep, uh, we could we could discuss the quality and going through the divisions. There's not a lot of quality opponents in there. And of course, that's something that's going to improve. The more exposure it gets, the more women or, or young girls that are going to want to pick up those boxing gloves and get themselves in that position. So. Eddie Hearn's pushing it, and I can only give him credit for that. As much as yeah. some people don't like it, uh, women's fights being pushed high up cards and so on and put onto certain certain cards, listen, he's doing a good thing for women's boxing. And if it's not your thing, so be it. That's the way it goes, Dave. But um, I will say, I did watch um, on Netflix recently the Christy Martin documentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's an untold series. There's some really good ones on there. I won't uh, delve too much into them because they're not all about boxing. And this is a boxing pod that... <laughs> A boxing podcast, but the Christy Martin one's a great watch. She had a rough story, and yeah. if you've not seen that, I would recommend you go and watch that. And obviously, she played a big part in in the moving up of women's boxing. She got to fight on the Tyson undercard and so on. And um, so, I do recommend people go and watch that. But Dave, one other thing I wanted to ask you: um, you mentioned strap on, and obviously stopping um, James Tennyson. Has anyone managed to ask Johnny Nelson whether he thinks that strap on <laughs> would now stop Tank Davis because he beat Tennyson? <laughs> Johnny Johnny Nelson just jumps from one bad take to another, doesn't he? I don't know if he's doing it for opposite times. I just I can picture him sat behind his laptop or his phone at home just thinking, watch this, watch him go mad now because he comes out with some crackers, doesn't he? And <laughs> he does get he gets carried away. He's like Bunce in a way. Bunce is similar and maybe his his mouth's quicker than his brain at times and he comes out with some stems and you think Jesus Christ, really? But he's just passion, I guess. And and maybe these they know these lads on a personal level, so they wish him that success as well. It just it was just <laughs> it went back to the studio when he came out with that line about him beating Tank. It's, I put him in with Tank right now and <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. You just Unbelievable. wouldn't funny, Unbelievable. Isn't it? Funny. But yeah, uh, Dave, we're going to finish the show as always with our predictions. Um, 
I'm still three points ahead. There was no movement last week. Uh, it was a stalemate. Uh, I know we went with the round pick for the Anthony Yard fight, but it was round one. I think I had two. Yeah. You had three. So we knew that one wasn't going to go on for very long. But um, we're going to start with the headliner this weekend. Um, is it going to be repeat or revenge, Dave? I've got to go repeat. I mentioned earlier that the transition that Warrington would have to make to be the fighter that he needs to be to beat Lara. I've just seen nothing throughout his career to suggest that he can do that. I don't think Yi Ching gets better overnight. Not that he's got a bad chin, just that Lara's got the, the power to, to dent it. So I don't think he can change that. It's just, it's just too much of an overall task for him to, to make that transition. I just cannot see it. And Lara... He's just going to be the same Lara. He's not going to have fast feet. He's going to be plodding. He's going to be coming forward and he's going to be looking to hurt Warrington. And we've seen these Mexicans do it time and time again. There was a, talking to Netflix, there's a there's a series on there where a guy goes around and he goes to different countries and, and does their martial arts. And when he goes to Mexico, he does boxing. And they just breed them to fight that way. If you go in there thinking that you're Rigondar or Whitaker. You're getting kicked out of the gym. They just don't have it. They're aggressive fighters. And that's what they are from the day they walk in that gym. Lara's just too much for him. And I can't see Warrington switching it. Lara stoppage for me. Yeah, Dave, I'm, I'm going to open up the door a little bit for you here. I've just got a sneaky feeling for Warrington here. I don't know why, Dave. And I know, listen, I know how tough it's going to be. The mental scars are going to be there. And it's going to be incredible, uh, incredibly difficult for him. I, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's going to be a stoppage there for Lara and it's going to be a repeat, but I don't know. I just have this sneaky feeling for Warrington. I think he's he's going to try and keep away from him as much as possible. And I know you said about it's going to be very difficult changing his style. And we might we might see a little bit of running here, Dave. We might see a little <laughs> bit of rigging down in there. I don't know. But yeah, i just got a sneaky feeling that he's going to just get out, get out of there and get a decision win. So I'm going to go with Warrington decision. I might be incredibly wrong here, but I'm giving you a chance in the predictions with this one, Dave. Is it going just for, go uh... the same every week. <laughs> then it's just going to be it's going to be a stalemate one. Someone gets ahead, that's that. So is he shipping that ring over that, uh, that Canelo and, and Saunders use? Because I think he's going to need a massive ring. <laughs> he's going to need it. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him. It's going to be incredibly tough. Ben Granada, Dave. I know we predict this one a few predict this one a few weeks back. I don't know if anything's changed. What are you going with? I'm sticking Ben stoppage. I'm sure I had that last time. I just think he's in I great. Think you, hey, I think you went with Ben points last time, Dave. Did I? I'm up, in, I'm up. I'm up. I'm him a level, and I'm going to bend <laughs> stoppage. I just think he's he's got everything behind him. He, he's like you mentioned before. He could very happily sit back and be Connor Ben, Nigel Ben's son, but he's not. He's putting the hours in. He, he's he's desperate to prove these people wrong. And when a fighter has got someone to prove wrong, I think Bernard Hopkins said it. He loved being the underdog because. He loved proving people wrong. And I think Conor Ben's got that same mindset. I think we all have to a degree. If someone says, you cannot do this, you there's something in us that makes us say, I'll show you I can. And I think Conor Ben's got that by the by the ton load. He, he's full of it and just seems raring to go. He's still very much in, in the early parts of his career. So the points is still there. The, the motivation's still there. He's got the momentum on his side and, and he just wants to keep beating people. So if I said Ben points next time, maybe I've got myself carried away. I'm going Ben stoppage this time. <laughs> yeah, I went with Ben stoppage as well, Dave, and I'm going to stick with that. I just think 
he's going to be even more hungry now, even if that's even possible, because this kid is hungry. But he's going to be seriously hungry to to put on a show in this one uh, with the big crowd there now. That's going to give him that extra buzz, and he's going to thrive off of that. He's fighting a tough opponent in Granada. It's not tough as in one I think can come over and beat him, but tough as in he can take some punishment. And he's been through some wars, and he's fought the likes of Sean Porter and Danny Garcia, but. I think it's going to be a good fight and, and he's going to show his toughness as always, Granados. But I think those wars are going to take its toll. And I, I think Ben will get the stoppage, maybe around seven or so on. But yeah, it's going to be a good watch, um, however long it goes on for. But yeah, onwards and upwards for Conor Ben, in my opinion. Um, your favourite fight of the night, Dave? Um, Katie Taylor against Jennifer Han. <laughs> How do you see that one? Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, I make no no mistakes about it. I don't know too much about female boxing. So I went on the Jennifer Han box rec page because I think even if you do know female boxing to a degree, there's still many fights out there that you won't know. And she's, I think she's 18 of three, only stopped one. But there's a bloke on her, on her box rec career record. Apparently she really? beat a, yeah, in 2011. Now, I'm thinking that that might be a Bottrek mistake, but don't get me wrong, I don't know. It might not be, but apparently she she retired a bloke in round four. So you make from that one. Maybe we've got yeah. a monster coming over. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at the, the female variant of sport, the two-minute rounds doesn't help them. And I know a lot of the high-profile women fighters, they're getting fed up with these two minutes. No, no sooner are they getting warmed into the round. It keeps finished. They can't get a sustained attack to look for a finish. We know Katie Taylor's class. She's pure class. So I'm going Taylor points. Yeah, I think on paper, Taylor's a class above, and I think she's going to be a class above, a class above in the ring as well, Dave. So I'm going with the same. I'm going with Taylor points. And I think we want to see Taylor in these big, big fights now. Now, like you said earlier, there's not a lot of massive fights in women's boxing, but there is a big fight that we could have had a little while ago, and that's Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano. Yeah. And I, that's one we have to see. She's just got to win it the weekend. She's She's got a bit about her. She's got uh, a lot of fans behind her and so on. And she's a feisty fighter. She's got power. And that will be an exciting fight. And I'd love to see it. Um, and hopefully that's one we're going to get very soon. I'm not sure we're going to get it next, but I think that's what they've got to be pushing for, Dave. A big fight like that. Yeah. That's what you want to see in women's boxing. Two of the best going at it. Two of the pound for pound best going at it. And that'll be a great fight if those two uh, went to war. So with this one, I'm getting Taylor points, but hopefully we'll get some real big fights um, out of Katie Taylor in the near future. Um, last but not least, Dave, um, we touched upon it earlier. Strafon against Maxi Hughes. What are you going with here? Uh, a favourite of Mexican here. I think Hughes has done great. Like I mentioned before, he beat John Joe Carroll, didn't he? And he had a good uh, Highland Junior last time out. It was a good fight, and and he came through that. But I think this is just a bridge too far. I think it's just another Mexican who's I don't know. He's he'd come over. I'd never expected that. No, sooner had the, the commentary team sort of settled down and, and introduced some fighters, it, it was almost over. I never expected it. Uh, and, we're, and we're stupid because we should expect it because they're showing us time and time again. I don't know why Eddie Earn keeps bringing him over because he just <laughs> maybe he doesn't like. And it's so he can sign Dave. It's no loss for him. It's so he can sign him. He's got um, he's got Mexico matchroom now, so matchroom yeah. Mexico. So there's no way he's fussed about them winning or losing. If they I win, he that. signs them. If they yeah. lose, his other fighter continues to take a move on. So it's a no lose situation. Eddie Hearn, so he keep yeah. on doing it. I've seen uh, apparently they sent a crew out, a disowned crew out to Mexico to sort of film 
Lara's preparation for the Warrington fight. So that can only be to boost his profile, to boost him in, in, over here and, and other places. So, yeah, you're right. It's just the UK fans are, are suffering because he's Mexicans. And I'm not like that. As a, as a fight fan, I'm a fan of boxing. Of course, I have my favourite fighters. Everybody does. You'd be a fool to say that you, you just watch boxing and you don't favour certain fighters. Of course you do. But I'm not one of these that, that waves the union flag and I'm all about the British fighters. If a good Mexican yeah. comes across and he does a job and he looks good doing it, I'm going to say he's, he's a good fighter. You know, I'm, I'm not one of them type of fighters. And I just think Hughes, he's done well. He's I didn't expect him to beat John O'Carroll after Carroll beat Quig. Of course, Quig was probably 50% of what he was, but Carroll still did well there. And I didn't expect Hughes to beat him, but he did. But I just think this is too far. He's just going to get walked down. And and I, I couldn't put a round on it just because I'd never seen Strathon before that fight. So he just pure shot me that night against Tennyson, who you think is he's just going to get another win and then Johnny Nelson will be dancing around the studio again, but he just didn't turn out like that. So I've gone Strathon stoppage. Yeah, I'm going with the same, Dave. We're not going to underestimate him. Nobody's going to underestimate him this time. Like like with uh, Maurizio Lara, it's not going to happen. We've seen what they're about. They they can both come over and they can upset um, the card with their power. And listen, I, I think we're going to see the same again. Like you said, Maxi Hughes has been on a nice little roll. Uh, the Jojo uh, jo- jo Carroll's uh, win stands out. But listen, I think Stefan's going to going to get a stoppage as well. Um, so hopefully, Dave, it'll be a good night's boxing anyway, and we'll get some good fights on the card. But that's a wrap, Dave. Any final words? Oh, ready to catch up, hopefully, this weekend. It's that Laura Warrington fight where I can catch up, isn't it? Because I think we've both gone Ben Stoppage, both gone Taylor Points, both gone... Yeah, so... All on that one, Dave. It's all be rolls level, on that be one. Going into the, one more week to go after this, so it, it. If, if Lara gets the stoppage, we'll oh, be level right. going into that final week. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, Josh. I'm... So if, if, Josh, um, if Josh Taylor... If Josh Warrington wins, of course, then it's game over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And we'll be there, so... Anyway, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for listening all. Um, of course, you can catch this via YouTube now on the, on the video version, or you can continue to listen via various platforms in audio. But thanks for listening. Have a good week and take care.